I didn't know that everything that I was doing was leading me up to this point. While there's not on my mind a particular dream job, being able to continue to create other people's dreams and help them manifest those dreams from virtual reality into real life is probably the most gratifying part of what I do. Welcome to the Metaversible Podcast, chronicling the journey of reaching the metaverse through blockchain, digital art, and virtual reality. Welcome back to the Metaversible Podcast, where we explore the art and the science of the metaverse, this digital world in which we live in. Again, I'm one of your hosts. I'm Chris Cochran. And as always, joined by my best friend and co-host, Ron Eddings. Glad to be back in the metaverse. And we're about to take another red pill and dive back in. Who do we have with us today, Ron? In the studio today, we've brought in a virtual reality world designer, illustrator, photographer, and entrepreneur. Our guest this episode is Artsy. Artsy is the owner of Artsy in VR and a pioneer in the world of VR lifestyles. I'm so excited to jump into this conversation. Artsy, welcome to the Metaversible Podcast. Thank you for having me, guys. So glad to be having this conversation. I've seen some of the spaces that you've designed, and they're so incredible. But before we get to all that, tell us a little bit about your journey into the metaverse. What was it like going in, and what's it like for you today? Of course. So when I first got into social VR, it was during the pandemic. Well, it was actually before the pandemic, but I, I really got sucked in to the metaverse during the pandemic when it first started. And I found myself in an art gallery hop. I found myself in a room. It was an all white room. And there was a guy standing there in all black. And he uh, spoke with a French accent. And he told me, you know, that I could jump in these different portals and go to these different artists' worlds. And so I went on a journey <laughs> through some, some different art galleries. And from there, I was hooked. I linked up with him again, and he actually helped me build my art gallery in Altspace VR, and that's how I got started. As you started to tumble down this rabbit hole and you started to build these different places, how did you develop the knack for actually building the worlds themselves? Is that something that came naturally, or is it was it more of an uh, intentional decision to, to enter into that space? It was actually incredibly natural. For me, because I come from a long history of building dollhouses and building homes within The Sims, I used to play The Sims probably just as much as I build for virtual reality. And so it's been incredibly nostalgic for me. I just dived right in and taught myself various 3D modeling programs. And the rest is history. <laughs> You know, looking at how many virtual worlds that you've created, I've been looking at some of your work and it's extensive. I think that we were reading that you've built over 150 virtual world templates. And in my impression, I'm like, wow, what kind of skills do you have? Like what is what all is needed to know in order to build these virtual worlds, at least to the detail that you've built them already? So... I, I, I've spent my whole life as an artist. Before I graduated from high school, I started a photography business. 
And then I continued that along with graphic design and illustration and painting um, and a little bit of sculpture. So I think my whole life I've been preparing for this career and I didn't know it. Some people come into the space and they just really have it. They're able to pick up on technology pretty easily, new technology, and they're able to take their thoughts and turn those into tangible, you know, 3D assets. For some people, you know, they struggle a little bit more and it, you know, it requires a more study of the craft. Um, But for me, being able to get to the point where I'm at right now and the speed that I do it has been because I just, I'm curious and I'm able to find the answers. So I study a lot and I create a lot. And when I'm in a zone, I don't stop. Tell us about one of those impact projects that you've had so far in this metaverse. What is that project that, and walk us through that entire story from the very beginning of the project to the delivery and seeing something that you built be used for its intended purpose. What is that big impactful story for you? I did a project for the Harlem Film House and it was CR Capers that came to me and we met. She actually joined my Patreon and she, she had joined at the highest tier to get my attention. And then we set up a meeting in my office. I had, a, at the time, a big, tall glass skyscraper with my big artsy logo on it. And we met in there. And she explained to me, like, we sat across from each other at my desk. And she explained to me what it is that she had envisioned. And I took everything. I listened. And then I was able to take that straight into Blender and create the baseline for the Harlem Film House experience. And that was one of the biggest worlds that I had ever created in terms of scale and level of detail. And so when it, when it launched, when we finally finished the project, she um, had really used the space, you know, in, it, in its full potential. And she had people in there literally every day, all day. And so for me, it's gratifying to be able to build a space that's going to be used frequently and consistently in the way that, you know, uh, my client had intended it to. So run that by me again. Did you say that they met up with you in the virtual space? Is that right? Yes. Mm -hmm. That's pretty incredible just because like you're already like you're helping bring out the use case of, you know, interacting in this virtual world. How far are we from really going further into that? I would imagine that maybe you're one of the only people today that have a virtual world built and do meetings in there. Or am I wrong? Where, where are we at today with meetings in this virtual world? Meetings are actually one of the top staples for people uh, who come in with a business mindset to virtual reality. It's a lot of um, a lot of the social VR programs are geared towards meeting and events on a corporate level or a business level. And the other, the other side of social VR is the more friendly relationship type of level. And so a lot of that happens as well, but really the main staple for a lot of people coming in is to be able to transfer the meetings that they were having in real life and pushing those into the virtual space. And so that's been, it's actually been a really big thing. When I see a lot of the spaces, it's very reminiscent of things like early on in technology. Some of the graphics are, 
I think at scale, because you have so much compute power that's going mm -hmm. to power this world that exists. Do you feel like we're going to get to a point where things are going to be ultra realistic sooner than later? Or do you think we're still a ways away from that? So right now we count things in terms of polygons and triangles and vertices. And there's a limit on how many of those we can use uh, in these spaces when we're talking about um, building for mobile devices like the Oculus Quest. And so right now we're, we're very limited with how far we can push things and how the hardware can handle the type of content we're wanting to create. But I have no doubt very quickly we're going to transfer to a point where we're not counting polygons and vertices. We're just you know, creating experiences and they'll just work. I think it's going to be incredibly immersive and photorealistic, just like real life. I hope so. And it's making me want to ask a selfish question. And I think you would have a lot of experience in, or at least have some idea on what direction to go. And that is, how would a company approach being a Web3 first company? Like, what are some of the, the tenants that you identify with that you think would be good for a new organization starting that wants to really focus on Web3 and build out from there? So I think the benefit with Web3 is that we're being given the tools, the open source tools to really create things from scratch in a way that uh, we can propel a lot faster without the gatekeepers that we're used to. And I think when we're talking about Web3, there's so many different aspects of Web3. Um, and the metaverse is just one part of that. So within that question, are you talking about like a Web3 metaverse company or are you talking about bringing your existing business into the metaverse? Glad you asked. A bit of both. So let's say for us, we run a media company and we want to bring it to be a Web3 first company. We want to have audio and video that lives in this metaverse, this virtual world. But we also want to be doing business in all manners when it comes to person to person, um, B2C, B2B, and using Web3 technologies. I would say utilizing the backbone structures like the blockchain for building a trust uh, within your community and your brand um, will be a big thing. I think creating experiences in the metaverse you'd want to be creating experiences that were differentiated from the platforms that are uh, traditionally known in web two. And so there's several apps that are coming out right now that are hosted, you know, by individuals or, you know, small teams that are helping people get into the metaverse and kind of show them how to lay down their foundation. I'm not exactly sure with how to integrate the blockchain into these businesses other than, finding creative ways to use NFTs to drive your, your clients or their customers to, you know, offer incentives to the people that they're, you know, selling to. I think you hit the nail on the head with creating experiences in the metaverse. I think mm -hmm. that's all we really can do because this is going to be evolving and changing in front of us. But I think that's like some sage wisdom. Just creating experiences in the metaverse is how you position yourself to be a Web3 first company. And that's exactly what I've been doing. My my whole foundation is built on experiences. The moment when somebody walks into their world and they can literally 
feel that their dream has come true, right? Or they walk into a podcast studio and they feel like they're really close and connected to the people that are running the podcast. Or there's the spatial element within VR um, that's almost undeniable, undistinguishable from real life is because the experience hits on an emotional and a spiritual level. And I think that's where VR really thrives. So making those experiences is exactly what we were thinking about. Ron and I were just having a discussion earlier today because one thing I love about this space is the love of the art, sharing the art. But unfortunately, for the most part, a lot of my art is just sitting in my phantom wallet. I do have some pieces printed out and they're behind me on the the space behind me, but people would only see it if they see me on a Zoom or maybe a live stream or, or a YouTube video. One of the ideas that I had was like, wouldn't it be cool if there was like a virtual Hacker Valley street? And on this street, there are different buildings and different spaces could be occupied by different people to share their collection. So if they wanted to show their collection to their family members or their friends or other people that really just want to see what speaks to them from an art perspective, they can invite them to this place, show them their little pad, almost like Cribs. You remember that show, Cribs? Mm -hmm. Is that something that already exists today? Are people doing stuff like that? And if we wanted to build something like that, what would we do to go about it? So I'm a co-founder of a company called Mediculture. One of the things that we uh, we laughed about was recording an episode of Crips because I build a lot of home spaces and people like to, you know, really deck out their home spaces and really make it their own. And so people bring in art to, you know, the platform and they're able to put it on their their virtual home walls. And then when their friends come over, you know, it's an obvious way to start a conversation. Um, and I've done that a lot with my own artwork, I'm infusing it into my social spaces, like my home or my yacht or my private jet, and really bring people into an experience where it feels natural, like I'm not selling them anything, but I'm just showing them stuff, you know. There's a company called NFT Oasis that has been bridging the gap for people as well. And I'm also a part of their team. And they're selling penthouses as NFTs in the virtual reality space. And then they um, they stage these worlds with people's NFT art. And so collectors are able to show off their art and brand themselves within their own penthouse and then, you know, host parties or events to bring people in and, and show off uh, what they've collected. That's super cool. And one thing that I would love to see eventually is how do people get to the same world? Because I know that there are different worlds that exist. Some worlds exist on Solana. Some worlds exist on Ethereum. One thing that I think is pretty cool is uh, Animal Crossing, because when you see Animal Crossing, it's very easy for people to get to different islands. How do we make it so that a lot of people can enjoy the same world? How does that exist today? Like your yacht, your building, is that existing in a particular realm or world that's created? How does that work? Yeah, so there are applications just like we have Facebook and Instagram, LinkedIn. There are VR or metaverse social network platforms, right? So one that kind of falls on the Web2 spectrum is Altspace VR, which is where I first dived into the metaverse. And then there's various ones like Mozilla Hubs or Spatial IO and Sansar, Somnium Space, 
crypto voxels, sandbox, all of these different platforms, they have menus, right? They have navigational menus where you can see the different worlds when you're in those applications. And so it's easy for you to navigate to the different experiences. For me, I've created a instance of a metaverse on my own website. So you're actually, you can go to my website, artcvr.com, and you can actually jump into my metaverse. And then you're able to uh, jump through a teleporter uh, to go to different rooms. So it sounds like there's already a lot of solutions out there that people can use and leverage to get an introduction to this virtual reality space in the metaverse. What, if any, barriers of entry are there today? I know we talk about barriers of entry a lot on this podcast when it comes to cryptocurrencies and NFTs, but what about virtual space as in VR? So the biggest barrier of entry is obviously the cost of acquiring a VR headset. Being in a place that has, you know, good internet, your experience is heavily reliant on how good your internet speeds are. And so I've been in spaces where people have had not so good internet and, you know, they keep falling in and out of the world or in and out of the experiences. So I think the other barrier of entry is maybe their imagination to create. So a, a lot of people come into these spaces and they see what's going on, but they don't see themselves quite in there yet. And so a lot of people are on that same journey in the metaverse as they are in real life of trying to find what their role is, like what their what their thing is, what they can offer and what they can bring. But other than that, there are several platforms that allow you to access these metaverses on browser or a downloadable application for your PC or Mac. So if, if we were to go back to the earlier thing that we were talking about with the graphics, would these worlds then be able to scale or would people have to migrate from one world to another as the technology improves? All of these different metaverses are not connected in a way where we can seamlessly transition from one to another. Um, and they all have different limitations. So Altspace VR has uh, limitations, but it's less limitations because they have a downloadable application on the Quest and for desktop computers, they're able to run like a game would. They're able to handle more of the, the graphic uh, workload for your GPUs. Um, I think for browser-based metaverses, you're having to dial down quite a bit how much you're able to do in these worlds because of the limitations of our browsers and just being on the internet versus having an actual application. So I think when it comes to this space, you're light years ahead of the game, or at least light years ahead of myself. So I'm definitely putting my learning cap on right now. What are some of the monetization opportunities out there? I'm sure like advertisement is one way, but I'm certain that there's more opportunities to monetize besides just ads in your virtual world and selling them. So I think creating the right event experiences go a lot further than just having a static billboard put up in a world. And so if you're, if you're looking to make money, I think it starts with the relationships that you're creating. And so the monetization for me came from building community. And so when I had finally, you know, found the black community in alt space, they were super supportive of me. 
And they were seeing what I was doing and they wanted to pay me for my services. And at the time I didn't have services. I was just creating for myself and I was sharing my creations with other people. And so I created a business off of the demand for people to have a lifestyle where they were living in virtual reality during the pandemic. I think for other businesses or other individuals who are wanting to monetize the the metaverse, you can you can be in these social VR spaces and you can get paid to be a host or a moderator for events. Like some of the obvious routes that we use in Web2, like sponsorships for certain events as well. And then there's the case that we can't build the metaverse by ourselves. And so if you have a knack for architecture or game design, then it's a great route for you to monetize that as well. I've also seen a lot of coders come into the space and be able to create interactive experiences. Uh, That's one of the things that is lacking um, in the VR spaces right now, is that being able to pick up something or attach something to your avatar is a little bit limited. And that's where uh, people who are into development can definitely reach in. But also, you know, being an event planner, you can transfer being an event planner into virtual reality as well. I mean, it really sounds like you found the perfect nexus of your purpose and your superpower. You're able to create this world. You're using technology, using art. What is that dream project for you? What is that thing you haven't been able to do yet, but you know when all is said and done that you will do this in the future? It's it's having like my business placed in a way where you know, I'm an expert and my brand is kind of known for the real estate aspect of the metaverse. I, I think um, I've always been like from my childhood, I've been building dollhouses out of paper and foam core. And so I'm actually living out my <laughs> dreams right now. I didn't know that everything that I was doing was leading me up to this point. While there's not on my mind a particular dream job, I think Being able to continue to create other people's dreams and help them manifest those dreams from virtual reality into real life is probably the most gratifying part of what I do. That's what it's all about. We love the community aspect. That's one of the reasons why we do the podcast is because we get to meet amazing people like yourself, but also get to share this wisdom and knowledge that we receive from you and all of our other guests with the rest of the world. And then have interactions on Discord and and even Clubhouse and many other places. What area, whether it's for the Black community or any other group out there, what are some of those, those great spaces that you like to use to stay up to date with the things that you learn and also the people that you put in your circle? So because I'm a builder in the metaverse, I do most of my, uh, you know, socializing within that as well. And so I I really like to utilize, you know, the space and the technology for for what I think it's doing right. When I'm not in the headset, I'm spending most of my time building or learning off YouTube University, (laughs) or I'm popping in and out of stages on Clubhouse to help people get acquainted with what's going on. People are quite surprised when they hear me speak, because they didn't know what what I'm doing is possible. And I feel that as well. I think there's a lot that is going to be coming for these different spaces and experiences. 
And I'm just happy to be at the forefront of what's going on. So we know that this is relatively new for a lot of folks. People have been playing in VR for a long time. The metaverse is here as we know it. What are the ways that people can start to stake their claim in this thing we're calling the metaverse, whether they're owning things like real estate or have their own building to share their art or just a place that they can be with friends? A lot of folks are still stuck at home with all the stuff that's still going on with COVID and whatnot. What is that way for people to start exploring the metaverse and also build their representation in the metaverse? So I definitely encourage everybody to be uh, on an exploration through the metaverse. And uh, when you're talking about these immersive experiences, they're best experienced through a headset. Um, And the Oculus Quest 2 is the commercial uh, level headset that has really helped people in the past two years get onboarded to these immersive experiences. But even if you don't have a headset and you want to use a browser or your desktop instead, I would just go ahead and pop open your browser and go to visit the different metaverses like Decentraland, CryptoVoxels, Sandbox, Somnium Space, Altspace VR, Sansar, <laughs> VR Chat. A lot of people are, uh, you know, coming into the space, and there's so many different metaverses that you know just just be exploratory and go on these tours. I also do tours. If you're on my website, you can schedule a tour, and I can take you to my metaverse, and I can also take you to Altspace. I think we're going to have to take you up on that. Ron and I are dying for a tour of your world. Uh, For the folks that want to stay up to date with you and all the incredible things that you have going on in your world, what are the best ways that people can do that? So I'm on Instagram, ArtsyNVR, and ArtsyMarie on LinkedIn. Uh, Those are two of the platforms that I use the most. And then, of course, if you're wanting to have an in-depth conversation with me, you're always welcome to schedule uh, a meeting. I also do private lessons by donation to help people get onboarded into building for the metaverse because I believe that we don't have to be consumers all the time. Um, it's, it's really beneficial coming into Web3 that you're able to use these different tools that are available, which 90% of them are free for you to use. I would highly encourage everyone to check out the world at a minimum. If not hitting up Artsy, I will be sure that we leave your information, your website, along with your social media in the show notes for everyone to check out. Artsy, thank you so much for jumping on the mics with us. We will see everyone next time in the metaverse.